We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is October 13th, it's 2022. Seeing that it's Thursday, it's NFL time. It's the NFL Morning Grind Show, week six. I'm joined today by my co-host, Keith Eister. Eyes, 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. We've got baseball season in the books, playoffs going on right now. Um, little break here before basketball, so that's been nice, but... Ready to dig into this week six NFL slate. We'll see if we can get away from chalk for once or if it's just going to continue to smash all season long. Baseball has been phenomenal. If you haven't been watching the baseball playoffs, um, we've had some phenomenal games. Alvarez's walk off yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the, the Dodgers Padres game that I was watching a little bit before we jumped on here and, um, I mean, this is going to be – it's going to be a really good playoffs for the baseball. And, I, I mean, kudos to Major Leagues for adding the wild card spot. You know, it didn't add as much excitement down the stretch. But, man, these playoffs have been um, fantastic. But, yeah, week six, NFL. Week five, I I want to forget about it. Um, if you <laughs> listen to anything I said on the podcast last week, I'm sorry. Um, it was rough. It was the worst NFL week I've had in five years. Uh, it was, it was awful. Um, way too much Bridgewater, way too much James Robinson. It, it, it just goes on and on. It just goes on and on. I played a lot of Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill did his thing. Like, um, I was right about a lot of the spots and it just didn't click. I had a ton of wins in tournaments and he threw to the guy that I just didn't play. Um, so, I, I mean, it was just one of those weeks. And I'm ready for week six. Um, chalk or no chalk, I'm ready for week six. Yeah, I am as well. I had a, a good week in cash last week. I had the absolute nut cash team on all the way up until Saturday night. And then we get news Saturday morning. Um, Landry got ruled out for the Saints. Um and McKenzie got rolled out for the Bills. So there were two really cheap wide receivers in play, Shakir for the Bills and, and Callaway for the Saints. I 
I figured that I could take that value to get up to Cooper Cup. It ended up working out, but the team I had going in Saturday night was the absolute nuts with Brees Hall smashing. Um, but it was a really good week in cash for me. Tournaments, I was just drawing dead, though, because you pretty much had to play Josh Allen. Um, and Like Ramondre Stevenson had a, had a phenomenal game. Brees Hall, who I pretty much faded in tournaments, had a, had a phenomenal game. A lot of chalk smashing Tyler Lockett had a, had a great game at like 25% owned. So again, just all these 20 to 30% owned plays that are just, that are going off. So I don't know. We'll, we'll get that week eventually where they fail and, and we get some teams up there in tournaments, but it uh, seemed like a really chalky week again. Like I saw the, the Millie maker team was like a two V two off of the main cash team. Yeah. And I mean, super chalky. We, we see in other sports where like chalkiness works all the time. I mean, like there was a stretch in NASCAR for a couple of years where like there was 60%, 70% owned guys just smashing. And I mean, if you were in the 30, 40% that didn't play them, I mean, you just, you got crushed and it's just football. It's not going to last forever. I mean, the chalk's just not going to last forever. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I liked last week, I, I liked it for a reason and, I don't ever, I don't ever like sit and like stew about it. I just move on, and that's the best thing about like DFS, um, is you can just move on and you can play the next week. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk some week six NFL. Um, I did, of all things, I am four and one in the Scott Fishbowl. Um, my best start, nice in the Scott Fishbowl, <laughs> and I've been doing it for a long time, so I'm excited about that. My team, like my team's not even that good, but it's not bad. Like you know, it's just one of those things where it's not good. I went no quarterback, and like if you don't go quarterbacks in the Scott Fishbowl because it's six points for a quarterback touchdown, usually you get smashed. And I didn't take a quarterback until like the ninth round or eighth round or something. And um, everybody, we did the live draft in Orlando this year, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're not taking any quarterbacks." I'm like, "No, I'm not." And um, <laughs> it, it's certainly working out. So I'll probably end the season now, like four and eight or something um because i said i'm doing good so (laughs) that's how it works right um (laughs) yeah the old jinx (laughs) the old jinx i mean i have baker mayfield marcus mariota and mitch trubisky as my quarterback so i'm I'm already hurting (laughs) going into this week and damian pierce is not playing this week so i'm already hurting um but i had a couple really good like i picked damian pierce and Brees hall on my scott fishbowl team so um really good like kind of Yep. sleeper plays you know so we'll see how it works out but let's talk football let's talk week six let's talk dfs um before we get into it too much here if you haven't checked out our sponsor sleeper fantasy love what they're doing i say it every single day keith and i'll give out our two pick play over there on sleeper we missed it last week well keith missed it i got mine right keith missed his <laughs> uh cd lamb just again another guy that i was really heavy on but um he didn't do his thing last week but Dallas kept winning, but Sleeper Fantasy, unique prop-based fantasy site where you and your friends can enjoy fantasy sports together in a fun and social way. You can join the Rotor Grinder squad. Use promo code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Once you do that, you'll instantly be put into the Rotor Grinder squad, hang out and chat, and you know you can copy people's picks. And uh, like I said, we're going to give out our two-play pick. That will be posted in chat if you're listening to this later in the week um you can get that as soon as it's posted when we record on wednesday nights if you've already have a sleeper account make sure you go over to the description on the podcast and hit the join the rg squad link get in the squad it's fun it's a ton of fun i I copy people's picks all the time for college football and stuff like that so um 
uh, listen, I'm, I'm doing well just copying other people's picks for college football. I mean, I, I do not have time to research that. So it's always fun to have a little sweat in it. So check it out. Sleeper Fantasy. We start with Jacksonville at Indianapolis taking on the Colts. 42 total in this game. Colts a one-and-a-half point favorite. We'll start here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I didn't see really any big injury news for them coming out of Wednesday's you know, reports and practices and stuff. So I think we're going to have a full team here. Um, I, I mean, the biggest thing here is we really might have like a changing of guard at running back. Uh, last week, I really just kind of wrote it off as they got behind and Robinson didn't get the work. But now it's like, I mean, they, they both got 10 carries and I'm, I'm concerned about James Robinson. Now, what are your thoughts here on the Jags? Yeah, I mean, it looked kind of like the Jags were going to be the sleeper team of the NFL here going into last week. Um, they had played really well this year, um, put up a fight against Philadelphia. They they beat the Chargers, um, and they were getting Houston. So I was really heavy on the Jags last week, too. I played a bunch of Trevor Lawrence. I was with you on James Robinson, and they did not play very well. Trevor Lawrence didn't play well. Um, I don't like going against his ND defense – I'm kind of going to take a step back on Jacksonville a little bit. The running back situation is definitely in flux. Um, I think I would play ETN ahead of Robinson, especially since he's still cheaper than him. The wide receivers, Christian Kirk, you can certainly play. Uh, Zay Jones was a guy who looked really good in the beginning of the year. Um, He did get eight targets last week, but just didn't do anything with them. He's still cheap, um, but I just I don't have a ton of interest in this this Jacksonville team. I don't think um, thought they were in a great spot last week going into Houston, and they just didn't get it done. So probably going to take a step back. I think you can mix in Kirk and and a little bit of ETN maybe. We do have a ton of cheap running backs on this on this slate though, so ETN is going to be way down the list, but he's in play. I, I'm just not believing this Christian Kirk thing. Um, they doubled him a lot and. I love this bounce back spot. I mean, and it's a tough matchup, um, individual matchup. I mean, pass wise, the Colts are like 21st in DVOA against the pass this season. They're second against the run. Um, they've done a great job. They allow the fourth fewest running yards per game. So ETN on DraftKings on like a full point PPR site, I think it's super interesting for tournaments because I do think that this is going to be a close game. And, I'm not giving up on the Jags yet. Not yet. Um, I like to look for low on running backs to have opportunities in game scripts. And I think that I don't know if I'm stacking the Colts, but I could definitely see playing either like a Taylor or Pittman here, assuming that Taylor comes back. And if I'm playing Taylor or Pittman, I think that's where like ETN would become very interesting. But I think Christian Kirk in a, in a wide receiver type of stack from both sides is interesting. Um, I'm not believing this target share just going away after one week. He's the guy. He's still the number one wide receiver here. He still played the snaps. He just didn't have it. And I don't believe Evan Ingram is going to have 10 targets every week. Um, So I I really think the plays from Jacksonville, Etienne, and uh, Christian Kirk. Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, I just don't think I'm going to play Matt Ryan this week. So I don't think I'm getting to a lot of these guys, if any of these guys. I think I would rank Zay Jones ahead of Marvin Jones, just based on the sample that we've seen so far this year. 
even though Marvin Jones did play 20 more percent of the snaps last week and run eight more routes. So maybe Marvin Jones is the the guy you want to play. But I for me, I'm off of James Robinson right now. I don't think I get to Trevor Lawrence. I like Christian Kirk. I would rank Marvin Jones, I think, over Zay Jones now that I look at it a little bit more. Um going right right away from my take right boom like that <laughs> uh zay jones was questionable coming into that game so i wonder if he, he might have been a little bit limited um i don't know like he did but still he's had have... the ankle all year though uh, i mean i know he sat out week four but he's he's been dealing with this ankle thing all year yeah i think he was he was seriously in, in trouble like in consideration to, to miss this week though um so I don't know if he re-aggravated it the week before or what, but I don't know. I, I feel like he, he has played better than Marvin Jones up to this point. So I don't it's a toss-up between those two. I, I would lean slightly to Zay Jones. I agree with your original take. Hey, there you go. Maybe I should have just stuck with it. Um <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is fifty six hundred. I mean, games that they've played well, he's thrown a lot. Like, if you look at the Chargers game, you look at the Colts game, I mean, it's weird that we're getting a matchup already that we saw in week two um, this early in the season. But, I mean, he's thrown plenty of times in these games. So, he really had a terrible game against Houston. And it's so interesting. Um, He just didn't show up. Games indoors, I mean, that's another thing that, you know, you kind of have to like fast track here. Um, I don't, like, again, I don't know if I get to Lawrence, but... He's on my list right now. I just don't know where that list is going to fall. Josh Allen, clear, clear QB1. Pat Mahomes, yeah. clear QB2. Like, we'll just we'll – That reference, game we'll, is, like, right in a different yeah. tier from yeah, every that, other game on the slate. That game is just so good, and we're going to talk about it. It's the last game we actually talked about when I was doing um, – So, my thing here is, what are we looking at ownership for like a Geno Smith in the same price range as Trevor Lawrence, who is in a very good game as well. Um, And maybe that's where I just, I try to be a little different in some tournaments, but let's talk about the Colts side of this game. Everything I've read suggests that Taylor is going to be back um, with the sore ankle and he should be back and playing in this game. So I'm expecting him back here. We have seen that Matt Ryan has found a new shiny toy in Alec Pierce. Um, I still think Pittman's the number one guy in this offense. Um, I'm sure you agree with that. And But the interesting thing here is Pierce is 4,300, and if he's going to get six-plus targets, he just needs to find the end zone one time at that price. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Colts? Yeah, I mean, very dependent upon Jonathan Taylor. Um, assuming that he's in there, I, I have some a lot of interest in Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's expensive. There's a ton of cheap running backs on the slate. I don't think he's going to come with that much ownership, especially coming off of the injury. Um, so I would I would definitely want to jump on him. If he's out, I think Deion Jackson was the guy that showed the best role, um, assuming that Naeem Hines is out again. Um, so, yeah, definitely some, some injury situations to keep an eye on in the backfield here. Agree with your take on the wide receivers. Pittman is still the, the clear number one guy. He's priced like it, priced appropriately, I would say, at, at 6900 Pierce ha- is underpriced at 4300 So I, I do like Pierce for the value. Pittman's still clearly the number one in this offense. Taylor being back, I don't I, – I probably just play Taylor from this game, maybe with some Christian Kirk on the other side. 
if Taylor is in there. Um, if Taylor misses, then maybe it gets a little bit more interesting. But I, I, I'd like the Colts to win this game uh, if Taylor plays. Uh, and, like, I, I would just build for that game script. Um, I, I don't even mind NDD. So Taylor, NDD, and, and maybe um, some Christian Kirk on the other side of Taylor in a couple lineups. 49ers at Atlanta taking on the Falcons. 44.5 total in this game. The 49ers a 5.5 point favorites. Uh, we'll start here with... San Francisco side of things, I mean, Davis Price, questionable. I mean, that matters a little bit. We saw a little bit of Telvin Coleman come out and, you know, play a little bit in this game this past weekend. But, I mean, Wilson's the guy. Nothing else to really note here as far as injuries are concerned. Um, We'll start with the 49ers side of this game. 49ers play slow. Atlanta is not a, a, a super fast-paced team, but Atlanta has one of the worst defenses in the league, 27th in DVOA. They really struggle against the run, but, I mean, they're allowing 278 passing yards per game this season, which is the fourth most in the NFL. Talk to me here about the 49ers. Yeah, I have a ton of interest in the 49ers in this spot. Jeff Wilson, price has come up to 6200 He's more expensive than some of these 5K running backs that we're going to talk to um, in this on this slate. Some guys coming into new roles who are just significantly underpriced. Jeff Wilson is probably getting close to appropriately pl- priced for his role um, without Eli Mitchell. So, like, he's clearly the guy here. Yes, Debo works a little bit at running back. Um, they use Huescheck as the, the pass-catching back a little bit. But Jeff Wilson has a fantastic role. And this is a fantastic matchup. They're huge favorites going into Atlanta. Um, I I have a ton of interest in Jeff Wilson. We'll see where the ownership comes out, but I think with all the running back value on this slate, he might be one of the guys that that goes a, l- a little bit overlooked. Um, the matchup is phenomenal. He's the first guy I want to play for San Francisco. The passing game, I I'm not playing any Jimmy. Um, I do have some interest in in Debo Samuel just because he has that monster big playability. He's expensive, should keep him pretty low-owned. Um, not messing around with any of the other wide receivers. Like, I just disappears too much for me. Um, but I do have some interest in George Kittle. Uh, he he finally stopped playing tackle last, uh, last week. Um, he had six targets, ran a bunch of routes, um, only finished with 47 yards, and he didn't find the end zone yet, but... George Kittle, I liked what I saw last week from his role. They were they were clearly feeding him the ball early in the game. Um, I could see something similar to that, and this is this is a great matchup here against Atlanta. I don't necessarily want to stack like multiple 49ers, but I want a lot of exposure to Jeff Wilson, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. What people don't realize either is like when he was blocking a lot in his first two games, week three and week four, like he had a red zone target in each of those games. So Kittle is someone that. He, he will score touchdowns, um, yeah. like no doubt about it. And it's he just, can break one from, from far out, too. Like yeah. he's, his run after the catch is among the best among tight ends. We're comparing tight ends this week to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's expensive, yeah. but we're, that game is just going – you just throw all stats out the window in that type of game, um, and you know that Kelsey's going to have a, a big game. Um, so, I mean, you're just – you're comparing a lot of tight ends to – that and I mean Atlanta has really struggled with tight ends this year, so I love the Kittle call. Debo gets so many red zone looks; he's averaging like over a red zone look per game. So I mean, his touchdown ability is he could score from forty out, and he's still getting 
you know, opportunities inside the red zone. But my favorite play from San Francisco is Wilson. Uh, I don't want to like hide that. I like him a lot here. I mean, I think you compare him with the 49ers defense. Atlanta just doesn't seem like they trust Mariota and they're trying to run this like run pass option RPO type offense (laughs) and just trying to pound the rock and pound the rock and pound the rock. They've, I mean, going to the Atlanta side, um, because I think we summed up San Francisco. Going to the Atlanta side, London's questionable. Pitts is questionable. Uh, we know Cordell Patterson's out for a couple more weeks. This is the number one run defense in the NFL. They are allowing the fewest amount of running yards per game by like eight yards. They're the number one DVOA. This defense is legit. They're first in DVOA overall. Like, I I struggle to find anything here for Atlanta. Like, my brain says they're going to be trailing and they're going to want to throw to London. That's not what Atlanta does. Uh, and like my brain has told me that the last couple of weeks, like I need to play some Drake London. They're going to be trailing. Were they down 21, nothing against Tampa and they continued to run. I, I think they were down 21, nothing and scored two touchdowns and they made a run at Tampa. They just don't throw the football. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like this is a, a brutal matchup. Um, I, I still have a little bit of interest in London. Like, I don't. I don't know what that was last week. It, it was really weird that they just they didn't throw hardly at all, despite being down three scores all year. Yeah, but London still has a, a really good target share. Um, he's had at least six targets in a, in every game this year. Um, he did have a spike week where he had twelve targets. I could see something like that. I don't know if because Pitts was out, maybe they they figured just their efficiency on offense was going to be like curtailed and they just weren't going to be able to throw the ball. It, it was, it was a very strange game. Um, so I almost have more interest in London if Pitts plays. And that's just because he gives them another weapon to take away some of the attention. Like if, if Pitts is out again, then London is really the only guy on offense that they have to be concerned about. Like they're running two rookie running backs. Like if, if they don't have Pitts, what other talent do they have at, at for from pass catchers like Zacchaeus and Hodge are just like they're replacement level players. They're, there's nothing special about either one of those guys. I'll play some London, um, probably on the other side of Kittle and Debo. I do. I love the the Niners defense paired with Jeff Wilson. So I'd probably leave Atlanta out of that type of a, a lineup. Um, yeah. I mean, Drake London, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, you, you just look at Atlanta, they're running the ball almost 50% of the time. It's like 49.8 and 50.2. Um, they're, they're running the ball the second most in the NFL this season. It's so hard to play a wide receiver in that type of offense. Again, San Francisco should get up in this game. Should lead to Drake London. They played Tampa last week. Tampa has the best pass defense in the NFL so far this year. So maybe that was just a really tough matchup for London and they wanted to pound the rock. But it's it's it i london's the guy that i would play if i'm running it back here um maybe i run a london back in like a kittle stack if i if i do that i don't hate that idea but I, again i really like wilson and the 49ers defense stack this week tampa bay speaking of tampa bay tampa bay at pittsburgh 43 and a half total here uh tampa is a eight point favorite yes eight point favorite that hasn't moved 
Um, I mean, Julio Jones banged up a little bit still. The wide receivers, they're going to give like Godwin and Evans and these guys days off during the week. They should play. Who knows if Julio plays or not? I think that's more of a question mark than anything else. But Tampa goes into Pittsburgh here. And I mean, Pittsburgh has just really struggled against the pass this year. Like they're allowing a ton of passing yards per game. And we know that Tampa's going to throw. I mean, they throw the fourth most in the NFL. So do we look at potentially playing Tom Brady? I know we want to play as pass catchers in this game. There's no doubt about that for me. But do we look at playing Tom Brady, hoping that we get a three or four touchdown game and he puts up 30-plus fantasy points at 6,300? <laughs> yeah, I mean – it's really tough with Brady because of the ceiling that, that Josh Allen has displayed every single week. Um, Pat, Pat Mahomes in that same game, like those two facing off against each other, like you're going to need a monster score out of quarterback this week. Don't you wish that game was the Sunday night football game? I do. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be a phenomenal game to play for showdown. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that would be incredible. Um, I just quarterback is tough. I like this, six and seven K range of quarterback with the upside, like Jalen hurts isn't on the slate, obviously, but the upside that Allen has shown, like the upside that Lamar has shown, um, like Brady just doesn't have the rushing ability of those guys. So it's really hard for him to meet their ceiling. And when you have three or four of them on the slate that can all access a 40 point ceiling, Tom Brady's never doing that. And it's difficult to play him. I, I think you said it. We just play the pass catchers here. There's no reason to pay for Tom Brady. I think you either go way down at quarterback or you play like the Allen Mahomes tier of quarterback. Um, maybe you can throw Kyler Murray. We'll talk about that game as well. But Kyler Murray might be the other guy who who could access a massive ceiling. Six and seven K quarterbacks are just kind of the dead zone for me, the way this season is playing out with the, the high upside that the rushing quarterbacks have. Um, Cameron Brait, I forgot to mention this. He practiced fully Wednesday. I would assume he'd be back this week. I think he's really interesting. Um, you know, before he got concussed in that game, he only played like 38% of the snaps. He ran 18 routes and had eight targets in week four. Um, his targets were trending in the right direction already. I think Tom Brady trusts this guy. He's 3,300. The way the week is setting up build-wise, depending on some injury news, like I could see double tight ends this week. So I don't hate the idea of looking at someone like Cameron Brait. Um, like if I'm paying up for Kelsey, I could see using a tight end and a flex to save some money. Um, so Because I'm not playing Kelsey as a tight end. Uh, we're playing him as like a wide receiver one. He, he He's a yeah. wide receiver one. He's not a tight end. So. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say in tournaments, the only way I would play double tight end, like you have to have Andrews or Kelsey in in one of in your like in your flex spot is the only way I would consider double tight end for tournaments. Um, any interest in like Fournette here? Not getting a ton of tar- like ton of rushing, but like coming off a ten target game, like I, I played him a lot last week and he crushed in the passing game. Um, he did way more in the passing game than I expected, but I mean we got what we wanted out of him we got two touchdowns he had a monster game he's 7400 now price increase warranted um what are your thoughts on Fournette yeah like I played a ton of him last week too just more chalk that that smashed um he's 
closer to appropriately priced, but if he's going to get 10 targets, he's still underpriced. Uh, he should probably be 8K. But the mat, like this Pittsburgh defense has not looked that great the last couple of weeks. Um, I got some not, injuries. Big, yeah, big definitely. Injuries, yeah. Yep. Um, so not really scared of the matchup here. He's in play. I just, I think that paying down at running back is going to be the way to build this week. Um, I mean, we kind of saw a ceiling from Fournette last week. Like the problem is that all these 5K running backs have that same ceiling as him. Like there's some guys with great roles that we're going to talk about. So I just like, I'm going to play the elite guys like, like Jonathan Taylor, or I'm going down to this 5K range where there's going to be four or five options who, who have as good of a role as, as Fournette. But yeah, I mean, he's in play. I wouldn't try to talk anybody out of him, uh, but I, I'm really more interested in the, in the wide receivers here. When you start getting in this like mid 7K range and above at running back, you really want to see better than a 60 40 split, unless your name's Nick Chubb. Um, so, I mean, that's where I struggle for Fournette, but I mean, the dude is, he showed us last week that he's capable of 30 plus point games. Um, they're not going to happen every week, but gosh, they love him out of the backfield catching the ball. And that's not something we saw early in his career. Um, so yep. we're going back to those LSU days. Yeah, I mean, 10, 10 receptions and two touchdown upside. That's like uh, you can certainly play some of that. Um, like I said, still a little bit underpriced for that type of a role. But just compared to some of the other running backs on this slate, it's, I don't know. Well, I'll have to see how much exposure I, I have left over after we break down all these running back plays, but he like, he's a f- fantastic play. I just think that there's a ridiculous amount of running back value on the slate. The only other thing that I'm going to throw out there really quick is the fact that you could potentially, a lot of people are going to play the pass catchers in this game and you could potentially go four net Tampa defense um, in this game. So yeah, talk I love about the Tampa defense here in this spot against Pickett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one pass defense in the league. Like I said, when we were talking, um, about Atlanta last week, but they're just, uh, I mean, this defense is really good. Um, they've been a little bit worse against the run this year, but I don't know what to think here. We're, we're going to see a ton of targets to like Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Fairmuth kind of went away last week. Um, I think, didn't he leave the game for a little while or something? Um, concussion. Yeah. He, yes, yeah, he, he had did. a concussion. Yep. So, And then Gentry got hurt as well. Um, So we'll see how that kind of plays out. Watch those two injury news. um, I'm not playing Pickett in this game by any means. Um, What are we doing with – I mean, they they could throw the ball like 45 times in this game um, if Tampa is winning this game. Like, I think we have to have some interest in someone. I mean, 45 picket dropbacks just makes me want to play Tampa defense a lot more. Um. He's still going to throw the ball 45. He might throw five picks. There's still 40, 40 pass attempts there. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Pickens, I think, is the guy. Um, 4,600 still. Johnson, I don't. Yeah. I mean, Johnson and Pickens are, are certainly in play. Um, Friar move too. Like, guys coming back from concussions is, is no no big deal. Once they're cleared, they're good to go. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to play a ton of Godwin and a ton of Evans. So I think pairing it with one of these guys is fine. Um, it, w- it would be Pickens first for me, I think, and then Deontay, uh, but they're close. Either one is totally fine. Friar with a clear third. 
I know I don't have any interest in Najee Harris. Um, he just hasn't had the same role as he, as we saw last year. They're using Jalen Warren a lot more, especially on third downs, which is taking away that that pass catching value that Najee Harris had last year. So it's just going to be Johnson or Pickens, uh, maybe a little bit of Fryerman. I know the game was out of hand last week, but Warren ended up playing more snaps than Harris last week. So yeah, it's so tough to trust Harris. Like we know the talents there, but Big Ben was dropping the ball off to this guy a ton, and we're just not seeing that same thing here. But I agree with you. I think it's Pickens one, Johnson two. I think you could potentially go one A, one B. If Fairmuth is out this week, Claypool becomes an interesting tournament play with his big playability. They would they would use more three wide receiver sets. Um, they did towards the end of that game last week. So if that happens, I man, Claypool. 4,500 for a guy that's capable of big plays. Um, again, I'm with you. I like the Tampa defense when we're going to have this much throwing, but gosh, it makes me, it makes me just say like, I'm going to have a, some of these pass catchers for Pittsburgh for sure. New England at Cleveland, 43 total in this one. Cleveland is a two and a half point favorite talk about chalk last week stevenson chalk man um <laughs> all the donkeys that got there playing stevenson chalk <laughs> um harris is doubtful mac jones is questionable we don't know he practiced limited wednesday high ankle sprains are two to four weeks usually we're on week three i think it's the third week of it so we'll see if he's back or not um it would definitely help this offense if he's back they Threw the ball 21 times last week with Zeppi, and he didn't – gosh, they they smashed Detroit. The defense showed up, and they just smashed Detroit last week. Um, we we nailed the game script on this podcast last week, and we yep. did uh, – Harris getting one. hurt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Harris was, getting hurt. Yeah, so. not even played the wrong one. The ownership says we played the right one. Yep. It's just we got some really bad run out there with the injury um stevenson was three times his owned, i think as harris um and like that game they were up enough harris would have got the majority of that work and like he, he easily could have fallen in the end zone twice really tough let's talk, let's talk pats um i mean obviously stevenson's in a fantastic spot here yeah. this run defense has been atrocious for cleveland they they're dealing with injuries could they get better this week defensively against the run yes so you got to pay attention to some of those injury news um, for the Cleveland defense, but I don't think it matters because I, I do think like we're going to see a Belichick offense with a running back. That's going to play 70 plus percent of the snaps. Um, and I think that's always the biggest concern when you're looking at this offense, but talk to me here about new England. Yeah. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is one of the best plays on the entire slate. Um like part of the problem with Pats, like the Pats have always been a run heavy team um, since Brady left. But the problem is they always split the backfield. Now there's nobody left. Um, I don't think they trust Pierre Strong yet. JJ Taylor, Kevin Harris, like who else are they going to, to bring up here? Um, Stevenson was the only active running back outside of Harris last week. I, it is worth noting that. So I could see a little bit more of a split here, but he's still like the main guy. He's very clearly ahead of, of the young guys and JJ Taylor. They just haven't, I don't know, like he's been there for a couple years, but he hasn't ever carved out a role. Not really scared of him taking the work. Stevenson is six K he's a workhorse running back. Like 
in a phenomenal spot against Cleveland. Like and game screw proof. Proof they they used him in the the receiving game even before Harris's injury. Um, yeah, I mean six K is far too cheap for the role he's going to have. To be contrarian this week, I mean you're not going to build a hundred percent Stevenson lineups. I'm not. Um, so to be contrarian this week, I think the contrarian play is not to play strong or Taylor. I think the contrarian play is to play Myers. Um, clear wide receiver one when he's healthy and like it doesn't matter who is the quarterback clear wide receiver one they're gonna put him in the slot a lot and they're gonna move him around and the the targets are there the targets are 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 very much there for Myers and one could argue he's probably too cheap yeah I mean for the role that he's shown so far this year he's definitely too cheap um being on the injury report like as long as he's active, I'm like they don't have really a reason to run him out there if he's going to be like he's not a, the type of guy that would run out there as active as a decoy. Um, if he's if he's active, they intend to throw the ball to him. I think so. Yeah, I, I like the Myers call a, a good amount. Obviously, Cleveland's pass defense like has been pretty good. It was phenomenal last year. They they haven't been as good this year, um, but Myers with his role another guy that's just too cheap in this offense. Um, Hunter Henry is a guy that I played quite a bit of last week. He didn't quite get there. He had a decent game, five targets, caught four of them. Um, but if Jonu Harris is out again, I, I'll go right back to Hunter Henry. Um, he's a guy that can play a little bit. He's still really cheap, 3,100. Um, I like this spot for Hunter Henry if, if Jonu Smith is out again. All right, Cleveland side of this game. I mean, I didn't see really any um, injury news. There was a a couple things that like people popped up, but no one was really on the injury report Wednesday. So, gonna assume that we're gonna have a full go Cleveland team here. Um, I mean, another team that's very run heavy, um, which kind of stinks game script wise. You get. Two really slow-paced teams. Um, so, like, this is not a game you want to really, I think, be overweight on in general. Cooper, Amari Cooper is the clear wide receiver one here. Chubb and Hunt continue their split roles. Chubb is, uh, he's just so good. He's 8,200. I mean, you need two touchdown, two, three touchdown games out of him um, at these prices. What are your thoughts here on Cleveland? Yeah, really concerned about the game environment here. Um, like, I'm going to want to be underweight on Stevenson. I know that. And I don't think it's a game that I necessarily want to stack. Like, I don't need a run back for Stevenson. Um, even if I'm playing Chubb. Like, Chubb Myers, I guess, would make sense. Um, you just hope that Myers catches a couple one and uh, Chubb breaks a long one that kind of speeds up the game a little bit or forces New England into a little bit more pass-heavy script. Um but yeah, it, like I'm definitely not using either of the quarterbacks. Even Chubb at that price, I just I don't think I can do it this week. It's a really tough matchup. He's really expensive. It's a poor game environment. Um, not going to have a ton of exposure here. In my original thoughts as well, um, I'll probably play a little bit of Chubb just because I know I'll probably end up playing a little bit of Myers. And I, I mean, the game script in that is Cleveland gets up by two or three touchdowns early. And Chubb is Myers scoring at, balls. Yeah, and Chubb's scoring, uh, you know, one or two of those touchdowns. And then 
we're seeing New England have to throw a little bit more. And that, I mean, I don't even know if that hurts Stevenson. That's what's crazy about Stevenson's like role. Um, yeah, he would catch a ton of dump offs in that. Too. I, I know it's like, <laughs> man, the, I don't know what game script hurts Stevenson outside of just a really slow paced, not either team moving the ball type of game. And I don't know if we necessarily see that either. Um, so it, it's a tough one. Cash games, I think you're playing Stevenson, though. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Minnesota at Miami. 45 and a half total in this one. Minnesota is a three and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, it, the injury side, as far as Minnesota is concerned, I think is is pretty good. I didn't see anything too concerning here. I mean, Minnesota plays fast. They play fast, and neither one of these defenses are good. We have DVOA 29 and DVOA 28 facing off here. My biggest concern is can Skylar Thompson keep up? The weapons are there for him to keep up with. Waddle, Hill is banged up, but they assume everyone says he's going to play. If this game stays remotely close, Justin Jefferson's going to have a field day. Um, Dalvin Cook could have a monster game. What are we doing with Minnesota here? Yeah, really concerned. Like this, in theory, should be a fantastic game. But with Skylar Thompson on the other side, I'm I'm worried about Miami being able to keep up. I'll probably build a couple game stacks just in case they can. Um, like there's with Tyreek and Waddle on the other side, there's certainly big playability. Those big plays are exactly what we look for to speed up games. I have a ton of interest in, in Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook, I'm a little bit concerned about the role. Like normally in these games, I would say stack the defense with the running back because they could be up three scores and Miami could be throwing a ton with a rookie quarterback. Dalvin Cook has not had the same workhorse role as he had last year. Um, he only played 56% of the snaps last week. He's played 66% of the snaps on the season. Like I think if they get up big here, they're just gonna they're gonna mix Madison in a ton. They've used Matt Madison a little bit more as a pass catcher. Um, there's some there's been some concern with Cook's knee, I think it is, um, and that maybe that's why they're backing off a little bit. I just I don't know if I trust Cook to go out there and carry the ball 25 times anymore. Um, I, I'm concerned about Miami on the other side. I think the one the one person I know I want to play is Justin Jefferson. He can smash in, in any game script. Like he could be the reason that they go up three scores. Um, so I'm fine with Justin Jefferson. I'll play a little Tyreek and Waddle on the other side of that, probably just in hopes that they can keep the game close. Um, I I really think that I can get the majority of the product, production that way in this game. Um, yeah, no interest. I I don't think I want to do Cousins just because he's kind of. Like he's in, he's six K. He has no rushing ability, and I can just get the majority of his production by playing Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean Jefferson is is really interesting. I mean, I could see Cousins having a good game and still putting up like twenty five, and I don't think that's enough at six K. Yeah, Jefferson, I think is the play here. I played a ton of Dalvin Cook last week, a ton, and it worked out because he got the end zone twice. Um, that game stayed really close. And like you said, it wasn't like they're using Alexander Madison way more than they have in the past. Um, yeah. So 
I mean, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they're keeping Dalvin Cook healthy and keeping him fresh. But Jefferson's my favorite play from Minnesota. Tournament-wise, I think you could potentially take a shot on, like, Irv Smith if you wanted to. Um, but Jefferson's the play here. The The tricky part here is the other side of this game in Skylar Thompson because Minnesota plays fast. They're going to have to play a little bit fast here, um, faster. And Minnesota's pass defense is not good. I don't – I'm not ruling out playing Skylar Thompson right now for what it's worth. Um I don't think he was prepared at all last week to play in that Jets game. And I don't know if he's a good quarterback or not. You know, Kansas State product kind of drafted as like a development quarterback. I mean, this guy was not expected to touch the field this year. Like they had Tua, they had Bridgewater. Here we are. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if Tyreek is out, I like Waddle a lot. Um, I think if Tyreek is out, I would take some shots on Cedric Wilson at 3,400. His his big play, big playability becomes very interesting at 3,400 against this Minnesota defense. Um, I like Waddle. I mean, if Tyreek plays, it's hard not to like him with his target share and his role and what they're trying to do to get him the ball. But, man, this is just – it's Skylar Thompson playing quarterback this week. Yeah, definitely concerned about the efficiency here. Um, Tyreek also, like, I, I don't know that he was healthy last week or if it was a quarterback issue. Um, I'm trying to pull up some snap numbers on the fly here. Um, oh, he left yeah, the game si- early. Yeah, 60, yeah, 60% of the snaps. That's what I was thinking. Like, So he he aggravated it and then left. Is that what you're saying? Like he was in a walking boot leaving the the stadium. I, I saw that. Um, I'm just like the sixty percent of the snaps was that that he was on a pitch count or that he left the game. He left the, the game. injury. Okay. Yeah, he left the game. All right. So um, maybe not as much of. A, I mean, there's obviously always risk. He for practiced fully Wednesday, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. He's so explosive. I'm I'm gonna play some either way not scared of this Minnesota defense at, at all. Um, we've seen him have just monster games throughout his career. So I, I definitely want some Hill. I want some Waddle as well. I, I'm not, I'm not playing Skylar Thompson with him though. Like I just, I think you just pick your favorite wide receiver and, and hope you hit the one that, that goes, goes off. Um, running back. Moster is questionable too. Like, He's clearly taking over this backfield, which is really He's surprising. Okay. Um, well, I mean, he, assuming everything I've read from the beat writers is that the knee injury is nothing serious. Okay, good deal. Um, yeah, I mean, fifty-seven hundred. I think he's another one of these cheap running backs. Like, there's a bunch of them this week. If he comes in, like he still has a questionable tag as of right now. If he remains questionable coming up to Sunday. Um, could see that lowering his ownership. I think this is a really good spot for him. I think if Miami's going to keep this game close, he'd have to have a big game um, in that. So I have a little bit of interest in Mostert as a, a pivot off of the other 5K running backs. Yeah, I mean, they they benched Chase Edmonds after a few drops last week, and Miles Gaskin got a little bit of work. If Mostert is out, I, I like Edmonds. I, I mean, they're going to have to play him. Um, so 
I'm not worried about getting benched from drops. That happens. Move on. And um, I would assume that he would move into like a 60% type of role if Mozart doesn't play and he's 4,800. Um, so against not a great defense and a pass catching running back with a, a ton of explosiveness. So um, Edmonds would become very interesting for me in that aspect. So anyone's going to like this game. I mean, when you're looking at the overall aspect of this game, two bad defenses, Miami's going to play a little bit faster because Minnesota's going to be up and they play fast anyway. I mean, the game sets up as a really underdog game. If I mean, it'd be interesting to see if Bridgewater plays or not and if they start him if he does play because that would change this whole game too. I know what the coach said, and I know – they're going to go ahead with Skylar Thompson as like the guy this week. But if Bridgewater clears Friday, does Bridgewater start is the question. I think we need to wait and see. So we'll see what happens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jets and Packers. Green Bay, man, losing the Giants last week. 45 and a half total here. <laughs> Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite. Um, Vegas likes Green Bay to have a bounce back here. Uh, let's talk Jets first. Um, no injuries worth noting here. Brees Hall is 5,800. Um, this run defense is terrible. You know, they're 30th in DVOA against the run this year. Brees Hall is still kind of sharing the work, but we're starting to see the numbers trending towards like he's the guy. Um, 70% of running back snaps is really close to being the guy um, in the NFL. So 5,800 for Brees Hall. I like this spot a lot for him. This is a phenomenal spot for Brees Hall. He's way underpriced. He's underpriced even if he maintains the same role. If he continues to get more work, he's extremely underpriced. Um, like he scored 30 DraftKings points last week and he ran bad. He missed the rushing bonus by three yards. He got tackled inside the five yard line like three times. He could have had a couple more touchdowns and another, like he did get the receiving bonus, I believe, just barely. Um, but he missed the rushing bonus by by three yards. So he almost had 40 in this game. Um yeah, I mean, he's right there with Stevenson as one of the top running back plays on the slate. Um, he's far too cheap. Fantastic role. Great matchup. Um, like, his his involvement in the passing game is is what's surprising. Um, he had that one big catch last 
last week. He had six targets the week before that. Like I, I coming into this year, I was pretty sure that Carter was at least going to be the receiving back, but it, at least they're willing to use Hall in the, the receiving game a little bit, which puts that big playability um, into his ceiling projections. Like, like the breaking off that, that big catch last week is what made him have the explosion game. Um, just fantastic ceiling here for the price tag. Yeah, I mean, they've almost gone away with Ty Johnson and just strictly yep. using Hall and Carter. And since week two, week two, Carter ran more routes, but week three, four, and five, Brees Hall has ran more routes than Carter. Um, I mean, Carter's Carter is still like he's still there and like he's still capable of having good games as well. But I, I really think the guy you're playing if you're chasing upside is Hall. Um, I mean, I'm still a little concerned about the like goal line carries that Carter can get from time to time. Um, but I, I Hall's the guy, and like the passing game is just so spread out. There's not a clear guy. There's, there's. I mean, Garrett Wilson has a 20 percent target share, but a lot of that was when um, with Flacco, Flacco with yeah. Flacco. Like, I don't want anything to do with the Jets outside of Brees Hall. I mean, that is where I'm at. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Um, I think the receivers are really talented. I'm just, I'm not they sure are. Zach will, I'm not sure Zach Wilson's any good is kind of the problem. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see Green Bay getting up a couple scores and there being some heavy pass volume here, but I don't think the Jets will do with Wilson what they were willing to do with Flacco and that's dropping back 50 times. Like they're, they're trying to protect Wilson a little bit, um, which is why I have a ton of interest in the running game. I think even if they were down two scores, they would they wouldn't abandon the run completely. Um, they're just they're being more careful with Wilson than they were with Flacco. Bring I, Flacco back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would honestly, I'd have more interest in the receivers if Flacco was playing. But I mean, you, you look at the first three games for Flacco. He threw fifty nine, forty four, and fifty two times yeah. <laughs> in those three games. And Wilson's thrown 36 and 21. And again, the Miami game, they they dominated the Dolphins, and I hated it every second of it. But it was a little bit different. If they're trailing here, do they throw more? I mean, I think that. So, That's like, if the you're question. yeah, if you're going Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, I mean, do we look at like a a Davis and more or Wilson? I mean. You're building a lot of teams to get to that point. I, I, I mean, I would have to. Um, I don't know how much Aaron Jones I even want to play. Um, home favorite, don't get me wrong, but that situation is really 50-50. So I hate I hate split running backfields, and I fell into the trap with Robinson last week. So um, let's talk Packers here. What are we doing with? 13 targets for Randall Cobb last what is going on in Green Bay they're not very good I don't think um which pains me to say as a Bears fan um I'm, I'm, like I, there's I hear it yeah <laughs> like I want to play a running back here but I don't know that I trust Aaron Jones snap share like he played 73% of the snaps last week to AJ Dillon's 30%. That has not been how they've operated this backfield for the past year plus now. Like it's been pretty much a 50 50 split. So to see that workload from Aaron Jones was very surprising. I think it probably trends back closer to 50 50 here in this spot. 
so I mean, like I I used to love playing AJ Dillon. He's only five K, but after thirty percent of the snaps last week, I'm not sure I can justify it this week. It's it's tough. So now I'm looking at Aaron Jones, who's priced up at seventy six hundred. I'll probably take some shots just because he's got multiple touchdown upside. We saw the seventy percent snap share last week. I don't. I, I'm not playing him because I think he's getting seventy percent of the snaps again. I'm I'm playing him because he has a, a a great matchup against the Jets here. He has multiple touchdown upside. He's involved in the passing game. I I don't love the price tag, but I do like the ceiling. I think Aaron Jones is the only guy I feel comfortable playing in this game um, from Green Bay. I don't think I get to Rodgers, and it's more of like. Aaron Rodgers, 6,100 against this terrible Jets defense. You're like, you dream of spots like this four years ago. Um, yeah. And, like, if he had a clear wide receiver one that wasn't Alan Lazard, I mean, <laughs> I would – I think I'd take shots on Rodgers here. But I can get Lazard at 6K and not have to play Rodgers. Like – I think it's I think it's Lazard and Aaron Jones this week um, in Hall. I mean, this game seems very condensed, so this game would probably be like a 65-point game, and we're going to regret not playing Rodgers. But, I mean, you just – I really, for me, it's just – it's hoping a lot of the production goes well, to we Lazard. Felt, like, you saw it last week with Brady. Like, I think you can – he's in the same conversation as Brady. He's not – in the value tier of quarterback, he's 6,100 and he doesn't run near as much as he used to. Um, like, like you said, just play as receivers. If you, if you think that green Bay throws the ball over the, like if you stacked Aaron Jones and Allen and Lazard or Dobbs, I think you can pretty much capture everything that, that Rogers is going to do. Um, and then you, you either save money at quarterback or you get one of the ceiling games from, the elite tier of quarterbacks. I, I think that's the way, like he's in the same conversation as Brady. Like even if he throws for four touchdowns, if, if both of the, if two go to Jones and two go to Lazard, you just play those two guys and you're golden. All right. We're cruising along here. Ravens at giants, 45 total in this one, Baltimore, five and a half point favorite. Looking at, the Baltimore side first in this one. Um, Bateman's banged up. We'll have to see if that becomes a thing that we really need to watch or not. And um, Justice Hill is banged up as well. Let's start with the the Baltimore side of this game. I mean, my 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 first ritual reaction is like everybody's going to be playing Allen and. Mahomes and yep. here is Lamar 8100 very expensive but when we're talking about quarterbacks able to put up 40 he's Lamar he's is on that top of that list just yep. with those other guys so is this one of those spots where it's just like man we could go Lamar naked we could go Lamar Andrews and we could chase that like Baltimore defense still not great, and they've just been playing really good here recently. I mean, what are we doing with Lamar this week? Yeah, we're playing them. Um, okay. Like, I mean, that's what I was thinking too. So. Yeah, I mean, even if it's naked, like we just talked about it. If you wanted to play Lamar with two Green Bay guys 
or two Tampa Bay guys, I don't think that's crazy. Like, legitimately, Lamar's ceiling paired with the other game environments. I, I honestly think that that is a legitimate way to build lineups now. Um, just because Lamar has so much more ceiling than guys like Brady and Rodgers because of his legs. Like, like paying the extra 2K is absolutely worth getting double the points. Like, if Lamar puts up 40 and Rodgers puts up 20, you want Lamar. But yeah. there's certainly a, a scenario where the pass catchers from Rodgers are getting there as well in a great game environment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a, a great spot for Lamar. I, you can pair him with Andrews. You can play him naked. Duvernay, I suppose, would be in play if Bateman is out. Um, but yeah, L- Lamar has that rare ceiling. Like I- I'm putting everything in concept in context of, could you possibly put up as many points as Allen or Mahomes this week? Like that's how you have to view this slate. I think Lamar is, is one of two other guys I think that could do that. Um, so like if you're above six K I'll, I'll say that, like if you're above six K, you need to be able to hang with Mahomes and Allen and Lamar. And I think Kyler Murray are the only two guys that can say that. The, the, what's interesting, and I really think I'll end up doing it on a couple teams this week, Keith, is going Kelsey Andrews. Um, I mean, I don't know how the rest of the lineup will look, but like we have two tight ends capable of putting up 30 plus points this week. Yeah. And no one's doing no that. No one's build. doing that. No. <laughs> no. So, I mean, you're using you're using a ton of your, your salary. Um, 14.8, right? 14. Yeah, 14.8. Yep. But if you get 55 plus from two guys, there's a 3K wide receiver that I'd do something. I mean, I don't know. I like thinking outside the box, but I mean, this game is really easy for me on the the Baltimore side. It's Lamar. It's Andrews. Andrews has a 34% target share. Like, yeah, I'm not touching these wide receivers. Um, I think the running back situation is really split. I mean, what happened I, to J.K. Dobbins? Like, where did Kenyon Drake come from? Like, no man, I I played some Dobbins last week because I was like, oh, he's starting to get his old rollback. Like, he's going to be worked in even more. And then Kenyon Drake inexplicably plays forty one percent of the snaps. What the hell is that? Can we just agree that Lamar is <laughs> RB one, QB one, yeah, maybe even wide receiver <laughs> one? Uh, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't want anything outside of Lamar and Andrews in this one. I've experimented with these wide receivers. If Bateman's out, Duvernay would be my favorite, but I mean that's not saying much. So, um, the Giants side of this game, Barkley's legit. I mean, I am I am on this bandwagon. I drafted him in a ton of best balls this year, and I am so happy to see him healthy. Like. This dude was this dude's an extreme talent, and I hated to see him get hurt. I'm not a Giants fan. I don't care about Giants, but I, I mean I just like seeing talented players, you know, work out, and this dude's legit. Yeah, completely agree with that. Has one of the best roles in football. Um, has looked phenomenal. Like not only is he putting up the numbers, but he you if you watch him, it just looks like he's out there performing at a at a very high level, and he is. So he's he's a fantastic play. Um, like this Baltimore defense, like their past defense has been worse than their run defense, but Barkley's role, I think he he's very much in play. Um, 
I mean, the the Lamar Andrews Barkley with Barkley as the run back because of his role in the passing game, I think makes a lot of sense. They don't have the Giants still don't have any wide receivers. Um, all kinds of guys on the injury report. Even the guys that that do play aren't talented. So just give me Barkley. I can get all the Giants production that way. Yeah, and in deep in deep tournaments, like if I'm if I'm going Lamar and Andrews a lot, I'll probably play a little bit of Slayton. I mean, there's a relationship there. The fact that like they they got him snaps last week. Um, I mean, it really just can like if if you're playing Lamar and you're playing Andrews together, you're really hoping just for a monster game for those two. So you're hoping the Giants run it back. Barkley's the clear run back option in that stack for me. It's expensive. Um, so I might make a few Lamar, Andrew, like Slayton teams. He's 3,800. He really eases the rest of that lineup build. Um, it's not my favorite thing. I mean, I'll, I'm honest. Like, I'm honest with you. Like, it's not my favorite thing to do. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that call. But, yeah, I just, I mean, Richie, Richie James, I thought was going to be the guy. And just, I don't know. I don't know. I know. Not Kenny Galladay. Anyway, <laughs> another guy I drafted a lot in best balls in like the 12th and 11th. But yeah, wait. Yeah. Anyway, Cincinnati at New Orleans. Most tilting team for me last week was New Orleans. Um, this game has a 43 total. Cincinnati is one and a half point favorites. We're going to start with the Cincinnati side and then I'm going to tilt again on the Saints. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know what to think here with the Cincinnati offense. They just – they don't look as explosive this year as as years pass. And, like, are we – I mean, if Higgins if Higgins plays – a, Higgins is the key. Like, Yeah. So, if Higgins plays, does Lattimore just play his side of the field? If Higgins is out – does Lattimore shadow chase? Does Lattimore shadow chase anyway? I mean, few question marks here, but a, a lot of question marks worth noting. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of – I'm struggling with the Cincinnati offense like you, and that's because of what they did last week. Like, T. Higgins was active, and then he didn't play. Like, I don't know if he re-aggravated the injury or what exactly happened. Um I think T Higgins is a, a really big part of how this offense goes. Um, like you said, like Lattimore probably just takes away chase. If Higgins isn't out there, even if Higgins is out there, like I don't, I can't trust that he's healthy and, and going to play or I going, can tell you going to see the targets. Higgins, the report Monday was Higgins. He played like 10 snaps and he hurt his ankle again um, in that time yeah. last week. Yeah, so he, he re-aggravated the injury. So how can we trust him this week? Is You can't. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, I don't know. I'm like, New Orleans is a really tough defense. Cincinnati's offensive line is bad. I just, I probably just stay away from this game. Um, play some chase, I suppose, but he's expensive. If he gets locked up by Lattimore, that's, that's not an ideal spot. I don't know if Chase is going to be low owned. I'll play a little bit of him. Um, like Mixon hasn't been able to do anything. Definitely not touching him against the Saints defense. Hayden Hurst has had a decent role, and he's cheap if he plays. But he's been on the injury report the last couple of weeks too. It's hard to trust him. Um, so probably just Chase for the Bengals for me. 
I like Hurst if Higgins doesn't play because a lot of people will go Tyler Boyd um, in that scenario. And I don't think Tyler Boyd is a terrible play. He played 98% of the snaps last week. He was on the field a ton. They used Mike Thomas a lot as well. Um, I mean, I think you have to have a little interest in Chase. This game's in a dome. Um, I mean, the, the it, gosh, they, they're eventually going to get these guys going, right? You you think. I could see Mixon having a monster game here. Just, I mean, I gosh, I don't want to play Mixon. He's going to be in my pool, I think, this week, just because no one's playing him and he's under 7K now. I just, I don't know. I don't want to like him, but I, I think that contrarian-wise, I, I think Mixon is interesting. I always think Chase is interesting. And then I want to see what happens with Higgins. Um, he's he's really uh, an important part of this offense, a uh, very underrated part of this offense. So, yeah. Cincinnati defense has been really good this year. Um, I mean, that doesn't matter when you have Taysom Hill um, running <laughs> o- over everybody. Um, nothing, nothing more tilting than Taysom Hill last week. But I am, I am happy to see him back in the quarterback spot. Um, I don't know what to do here, man. Um, Winston's banged up. He practiced finally on Wednesday in a limited fashion. Thomas is banged up. Landry's banged up. Uh, I just gosh what are we doing with new orleans here yeah i mean the wide receiver situation depends on on michael thomas and landry obviously olavia if he's cleared is is totally good to go i think he would be a great play at 5500 um kamara is back like he he had a great game saw a ton of work and yes they were missing some receivers um but 23 rushing attempts six targets um put up a big game and did not find the end zone so certainly uh, um and that's because Taysom Hill found it for him right (laughs) um but yeah I I have interest in Kamara still isn't probably priced appropriately I have more interest in Kamara if Dalton plays or or if Jameis doesn't play basically um just because I think Dalton is more willing to check it down. Jameis is always kind of looking for that big play. Um, and and Michael Thomas being out would be another point in the favor of Kamara, just because I think there's more receiving work available there. Um, it's Kamara and Olave on this team, and really there isn't much else. Um, I have interest in both of those guys, no matter who plays from the wide receiving core. Yeah, Olave, I mean... Gosh, the concussion sucked for him last week. It wasn't like a helmet-to-helmet hit either. It was um, ground, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. He caught that touchdown, incomplete, and then the touchdown. I, I don't know that that was a really sketchy touchdown. But I mean, I played him <laughs> a ton, so I'll take it. Um, it didn't matter because my week was still terrible. I, I still want to know how they explained that one as a touchdown. But anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's very much in play. Um, Thomas and Landry still both did not practice Wednesday. So, yeah, I mean, if Landry and Thomas sit, I would rank Traquan above Callaway, but I want Winston to be playing if I'm playing either one of these guys, because I'm going to, I would be chasing like a long touchdown with like Traquan if, um, Winston plays. 
Yep, I agree with that take completely. I want the receivers if Winston plays. I want Kamara if Dalton if it's Dalton. I think if Landry and Thomas are both out, I still have interest in Kamara um, if it's Winston, for what it's worth. Yeah, I'm with you there. Panthers, we're going to the 4 o'clock games. We have three 4 o'clock games this week, and if you're leading a tournament going into these games, you're probably going to lose. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, the 1 o'clock games could have good games, but we have we have fantastic afternoon games here. We get started with Carolina at LA, taking on the Rams. 41 total, Rams a 10-point favorite in this one. No Baker Mayfield, new Carolina coach um, this week. <laughs> Darnold's still not ready to go. We're going to get PJ Walker playing quarterback this week for Carolina. Um, What are we doing here with the Panthers in this, I mean, semi-tough matchup? The Rams defense is nowhere near where they were last year. No, but we're still playing the Rams defense against them this week. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, I mean, there's, there's no way. Like, McCaffrey at 8,300. I just, I'm really worried about the offensive efficiency here with Walker at quarterback. I can't pay elite pricing for, for McCaffrey. DJ Moore's 5,100, maybe. Like, I just, I think I just avoid the Panthers altogether. Um, I don't think I need a run back in this game, I guess, is where I'm at. I just, I love the, the Acres Rams D. Obviously, you're going to play some Cooper Cup, but I, I'm not sure that. I don't think that I need to play a Panther for, for Cooper Cup to go nuclear. I think he can do that all on his own. The only, I mean, the, the thing that P.J. Walker has going for him, he's been in this system for, for years now. Um, I mean, that's uh, that's the thing that he has going for him. Last year in Week 10, he had 29 passing attempts. Um, he threw for 167 yards, Keith, and it was 118 air yards. Um and i mean i I looked multiple places (laughs) to make sure that was not wrong um for what it's worth so i I mean i like the rams defense a lot in this game i I could see christian mccaffrey having a a, a ginormous role um in this game if he's healthy this could be a carolina saying hey look christian mccaffrey still has it what do you want to give us for him um so um I mean, 12 targets last week against the Giants for Christian McCaffrey. You know, the most that all year that we've seen. And I think I remember reading that like three of three of the six passing attempts from P.J. Walker were to Christian McCaffrey. So this guy is not going to throw it deep. I think you could play Christian McCaffrey by himself in this game. Um, I, I mean, if you want to play like Cooper Cup, I'm never going to say don't do that. Um Obviously, you shouldn't never say that. Um, let's talk about the Rams. I mean, both of us agree we like the Rams' defense. Um, I mean, the Rams' running back situation is kind of tricky. This is a fantastic matchup for the running backs, though, um, going up against this defense. It's just, which one do you trust? I think if I had to lean somewhere, I would lean Henderson, but they, they've they been using him more when they get down. I don't yep. know what to think here. Is it going to be acres on the ground yep. because they're up in this game? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you nailed it right there. Fade this running back situation. It's a, oh. But it's it's such a good situation, and everybody's going to say that. Nobody's going to play Cam Akers. 
because Henderson played way more of the snaps last week, but you nailed it. It's because they were in a trailing game script. Look at the carries. Akers had 13 carries, I think. Henderson didn't have any. When when they want to run the ball on the ground, Cam Akers is the guy. Cam Akers is the guy to pair with the Rams defense. Henderson is the guy to play in the shootout games when the when the Rams are going to be throwing a ton. I don't think anybody's playing Cam Akers at 5,300 because of how many running backs there are in the 5Ks this week. I, I think he's a phenomenal play. Um, I, I really think that he's the guy that they're, they're going to lean on after they're up three scores. He, he could get 10 carries in the second half. Really interesting flex play this week. I mean, yep. you're, you're running back one and two are – I mean, there's so many good plays. I think he's a really interesting um, tournament play. I, I like that call. Um, my initial reaction was pair of running back with the Rams defense in this game and watch it make a ton of money. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at snap shares, like Henderson has outsnapped Akers 60%, 61% to 34% this season. But if you look at, at the running back carries, um, like Akers is ahead of Henderson. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here. Akers is averaging 10 rushing attempts per game. Henderson is, is averaging 6.8. I mean, week three tells us a lot of what to expect here. They they dominated Arizona in that game. Akers ran the ball 12 times. Henderson ran it four times. Stafford threw 25 times in that game. Cooper Cup only had six targets in that game. It was his worst game of the season. Cooper Cup's 9,700, and I'm never going to say don't play Cooper Cup. I will be underweight on Cooper Cup this week is what I'm going to tell you. Um, I, I it, may, it, may, it makes my stomach hurt a little bit because this team throws the ball the second most in the NFL, um, but we've seen them trail all year, and I don't think that's the case this week. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see where his ownership comes in um, just because – I th- like that price tag is going to be really tough to get to and people are going back. This is going to be a blowout. They're not going to throw anymore, which definitely could be the case. Um, and that, I mean, that's exactly why I'm taking like what, what appears to be a really thin play in cam Akers. I think he is absolutely in play this week. Like I agree that that cup could just, what if he scores the first two touchdowns of the game though, is kind of my, like oh, yeah. he's probably not getting 15 targets because they're not going to throw that much. But if he catches seven balls on nine targets for two touchdowns, he can pay off 9,700, even even if this game is out of hand by halftime. Fun fact, Higby doesn't have a touchdown. What if he catches both of them to catch up on this <laughs> touchdown total this year? There you go. His price is slowly increasing. Um, Man, I, have, I mean, when I was, we're looking, when I was we're just looking checking at... Cups ownership because I was like, are people really playing it? We, we do have a, a healthy projection there. Um, see i just lost it he's projected as the highest scoring wide receiver yeah. and he should be every week yeah 28 percent is what we have him projected at right now we'll see how that shakes out as we go into sunday my my question for you is looking at DraftKings specifically over 7k we have three wide receivers we have Diggs at 8400 we have jefferson at 89 and we have cup at 97 in cash games it's really tough not to rank Cooper cup first, but in tournaments, I think I will rank Cooper cup third. 
I don't disagree with that. And that's just because of what we talked about with the game script. Like his ceiling is somewhat capped because I just don't think um, that Carolina is going to be able to keep up in this game. Like, I don't PJ Walker, Walker is yeah. playing quarterback. Right, that's exactly like, my don't point. Don't overthink that. Like, just don't overthink that. Like, that's. I think that does cap cups ceiling somewhat. I, yeah. I don't disagree with you. So if if he's projecting at twenty eight percent owned come Sunday morning, I'm I'm with you. I'll be underweight that as well. I I can tell you right now. I, I'm not even going to care what his ownership is. I'm going to be underweight on Cooper Cup this <laughs> week. I mean, I'm going to play so much digs. Yeah. I'm not sugarcoating it at all when I'm looking at Diggs and Kelsey in that game. But before we get into Buffalo at Kansas City, we're going to get into my favorite game of the week, Arizona at Seattle. Watching football, there's no doubt Buffalo, Kansas City, I will watch every minute of that game, and it's going to be my favorite game to watch. DFS-wise, this game's underpriced compared to that Buffalo, Kansas City game where the game is just so pricey. So that is why... Before I get a ton of tweets, that is why this game is my favorite game. Um, 15 and a half total, which is too low. It's going to be my <laughs> bet over um, in a minute. Uh oh. Do you have that too? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> no, that's fine. I have another one. I always write down two. You're good. Um, Arizona's minus two and a half in this game. We have a fast paced Arizona team. Seattle, their pace is really dependent on who they're playing so far this season. We have two of the worst defenses in the league. Um, Arizona allows the most rushing yards per game. This is They're just not two good defenses. But the good thing is Arizona stops the run a little bit, so we might have to see a little bit more Geno. Let's start with this Arizona team first. Biggest thing in this game for me is, is Connor going to play um, or not? because it matters a lot because if we don't get Connor and we get Benjamin at 4,600, Oh buddy. Talk to me here about Arizona. Yeah. I mean, it's Seattle's defense is, is terrible. Um, Arizona's offense has struggled. Terrible. Terrible. Yes. Terrible. This is, this is a fantastic game environment. You laid out a lot of really great points should be fast paced. 50 is a, is too low of a total. I completely agree. And it's because both of these teams are talented on offense and both of them are bad on defense. It's it's similar to the Seattle-Detroit game that went absolutely nuclear two weeks ago. That's how I view this game environment. Now, it's not in the dome like it was in Detroit. Um, so a slight downgrade there. Uh, but Kyler Murray is a, a very capable quarterback. I, I talked about him being one of the four guys I think can access that 40-point ceiling. Um, like... Connor playing matters for, you know, Benjamin, but it doesn't matter for my overall interest in the game. Um, I think Benjamin can can do almost as well as Connor can. I think Kyler Murray to Marquise Brown is is one of the best stacks of the week. Um, it's going to be completely under-owned because of this last game that we have to talk about, which is one of the best football games that, like, one of the most exciting. Like, the, the last time the Bills and Chiefs met in the playoffs, it was an absolutely nuclear game. Everybody's going to be seeing that. They're going to want to have exposure to that game. I think that leaves this game under-owned. It's going to leave. And then when people do play this game, they're going to play Geno Smith because he's far cheaper than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is in a fantastic spot here. He's expensive, but he has the same ceiling as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen 
but he's going to be way, way less owned because I think people are going to Geno Smith when they're playing this game. Um, I, I love Marquise Brown is fantastic. Uh, Zach Ertz is fantastic. I'm going to be playing Arizona stacks like crazy this week. Don't forget about more. 90% of the snaps last week, eight targets, very involved in that offense last week. I mean, days of Dortch are gone, and it stinks because Dortch was really showing some talent and promise, but A.J. Green is going to get his five targets a game, but more is 4,200. The great thing about Murray, you know, one thing that, like, you were talking about, the pieces around him are – so much cheaper than the Buffalo Kansas City game. Again, going back to what I was talking about, why I like this game so much is just the pieces to make the stacks in this game. I can double stack this game. I can double stuff stack Buffalo Kansas City, but it's going to be the same double stack everyone's going to have because that's what money is going to allow you to do. Um a lot of Buffalo Kansas City teams are going to look very similar this week. I'm going to play them I'm not stupid. I'm going to play that game a ton. <laughs> I'm just looking for ways to be different. If that game busts at all, I mean, the Buffalo defense is super legit. Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. If they shut down Travis Kelsey, does Mahomes have enough? We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, I mean, so I love the Arizona side of this game. Brown, Moore, Ertz, Murray. If Connor's out, Benjamin becomes probably my favorite point per dollar play on the entire slate. Seattle stinks. Um, so they're really bad against the run. They're allowing 170 rushing yards per game. If Connor plays, I'll, I'll have some tournament exposure to him. I am super concerned about this injury. He's left two games now this year. He does not look healthy. Um, I might play Benjamin even if Connor plays just to be different. I like, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of hope that's what happens. Like, Seattle is like their offense can put up points. Geno Smith, we haven't talked about him this yet. Team is legit. Like, this offense is legit. really good. Um, and Eno Benjamin has a role on this team, even if Connor plays. So that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping Connor plays, and then you still play some Eno. Saints defense is solid, right? Like this was a 32 to 39 game last weekend. Yep. Like. I mean, we, like, Geno Smith a lot of is, people were talking about it. Like that, that test against New Orleans would tell us if Geno Smith is for real. And he absolutely passed the test, in my opinion. The dude is 5,700. He's 5,700. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, let's talk about Seattle. I am, I'm probably going to end up playing Josh Allen in my main team. If I don't play Josh Allen in my main team, I'm going to have Geno Smith in my main team and play Diggs and Kelsey in my main team and just hope that Gino can put up enough where the, the price savings gives me one extra player somewhere that makes a huge difference. Um, Metcalf Lockett, I'll be stacking, double stacking them. I'll be playing them separately. I, I might take some shots on Noah Fant this week. Um, we know Arizona is one of the worst teams in the NFL for years now against tight ends. But the real question I have for you is – with no penny and as good as the Arizona run defense has been this year, do we take some shots on Walker who they were already using early in the year as a pass catching back a little bit? Or do we think like DJ Dallas gets more playing time this week in the passing game in a, in a high fast paced type of game with a lot of scoring? 
I'm, I think DJ Dallas is involved, but Kenneth Walker is still one of the top values on the on the entire slate. Um, I'd put him right right there with Stevenson as as the best running back value on the slate. Um, like this backfield should be his now. He was a really high draft pick, a very talented guy, um, super athletic. Kenneth Walker's a phenomenal play. Um, like sixty percent of the backfield, I think, is his floor. Like you said, he he was seeing some targets early on in the year. Like so, yeah, Dallas is probably involved as the pass catching back, but they're not like completely adverse of, to throwing the ball to Walker. Um, and he should have a, the vast majority of the rushing share. So, yeah, Kenneth Walker, a, a lead back at fifty four hundred. I don't care what the matchup is; he's too cheap. Yeah, I mean they run the ball thirty eight percent of the time this year. So, say Gino takes eight percent of that, Walker gets. 25 to 28 percent of the running of that running like so i mean that should equate to about 15 to 20 touches at 5400 and even in a tough matchup i have interest in him in this one so love this game man i again we're about to talk about the game of the week um no doubt about it everyone's talking about this game it's going to be an absolute fantastic football game but don't sleep on this Arizona Seattle game. Like I, I'm going to make some afternoon lineups. I do um, expert survey for afternoon only as well. So I'm going to make some afternoon lineups that are really focused on Arizona Seattle and just play some pieces of that Buffalo Kansas City game. If you get that right, gosh, it could it, it could just smash. So Kyler, I just want to emphasize again, Kyler Murray is going to be the unknown piece of these two massive ceiling games because people are either playing Mahomes or Allen or they're going cheap with Geno Smith. That's going to leave Kyler Murray like completely left out. Yes, you need Murray to put up 30-plus points probably to match Allen or Mahomes, but he can do that, especially in a game environment like this. Um, so I like, I totally get the Geno stance. I love Geno. Uh, I, I think that what he's doing this year is real and he's a good quarterback. Um, I, he doesn't quite have the rushing upside that Kyler does paying up for Kyler, I think is a, is a very interesting way to play this game. Oh, I, I mean, I'm with you. Like I'm going to be playing both of these guys. I'm just saying like, if I'm not playing Allen on my main team, Gino is right there because yep. of the price savings. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray is throwing the ball the most in the NFL this year. He's averaging 43 pass attempts per game. I mean, that is all you need to know. This dude's had 29 red zone attempts. So that's six red zone attempts, give or take a few, a game. Um, they throw the ball. They throw the ball a ton. I mean, that's what you need to know uh, about Arizona here. They throw the ball a ton. Buffalo at Kansas City. 54 total in this game, and I think any total that you put on this game, it wasn't going to be enough. Um, <laughs> Buffalo minus two and a half in this one. We're going to start with the Buffalo side of this game. Um, so, I mean, McKenzie's banged up. We'll see if he's back. Um, he did clear NFL concussion protocol and practice full on Wednesday. That tells me he plays. Um, so, I mean, we'll we'll see what that role looks like for him. I mean, him and it seemed like Gabe Davis when Gabe Davis was healthy, he was the man. But it obviously adds a wrench. But don't let me talk. Um, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. That that's where we'll start yeah. here. 
Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen will start just there alone. Like, what this guy is doing this year is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you could argue that he is the best value on the slate at 8200 Um, He should probably be priced above 9 k That's not something that we have seen from DraftKings. Like, they just don't price quarterbacks that high. But we've never seen a ceiling like this. Like, Josh Allen is just scoring 30-plus points every single week. Um 8,200 is way too cheap for this guy. He's one of the best values on the slate, despite being the highest price quarterback. Um, Stefan Diggs is the very clear number one, massive target share, 8,400. This game environment's going to be insane. Um, even if one team jumps out to a big lead, like the other team is, is going to fiercely attempt to get back into this game. They both throw a ton. Like it's, it just has shootout written all over it. We, we all saw the playoff game a couple of years ago, or, or was it last year? Just went absolutely nuclear between these two. Two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like, yeah, I mean, there's just the recipe for everything that we want here. Um, just like Josh Allen at 8,200 is possibly the best value on the slate. Great spot. Um, great spot. I, I mean, there's nothing... Nothing that I'm going to say that no one doesn't know. I mean, Singletary is interesting as, like, if you're going, like, Allen, Singletary, Diggs, and hoping that, like, Singletary gets a touchdown or two, um, and it's not like Gabe Davis or McKenzie or Knox or something. Um, he is someone that's very involved in passing in the passing game when they're um, in a close game. Like, Miami, that game against Miami, he had 11 targets. Um, so... Singletary is really interesting as like a contrarian running back, but it's not like a contrarian running back pivot off of Allen for me. Like it's part, like it's like a third piece type of offense play for me. Um, So how do you make your bills stacks different? I I mean, that's how you got to look at this game because I mean, Davis is going to be popular. Diggs is going to be popular. McKenzie is going to be popular. I think Singletary as the second option, instead of one of those other wide receivers and just, you know, hoping the production comes through Allen Singletary Diggs. I love that call. Um, and we, I mean, we've seen Singletary catch a screen pass and, and take it in from 15 yards out. Like they're not like Allen is their goal line back. Right. So like he is. Singletary <laughs> doesn't get many carries inside the five, but if he catches a, a screen pass or something out of the backfield from 15 yards out, that's exactly what you're looking for. I don't stack my running backs with my quarterbacks very often, but I absolutely love that call this week. Um, this isn't think, the same scenario, though. This team throws the ball 70-plus percent right. time a game. They're the yep. number one team. Like Singletary in a close game is going to get wide receiver-type targets, so it's not it's not like the scenario of, oh, I'm going to stack Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Jones. Right. Yep, great point. Um, I, I do think Dawson Knox being questionable is interesting to watch. Um, Quentin Morris is 2,800 super athletic tight end had five targets last week, very nearly found the end zone. I think he got stopped on like the, the one foot line. Um, I think that's a way to do that. Uh, you can, you can do Allen to Diggs and put Morris in there, or you can even do like, I think this game has enough. We saw it with the Seattle Detroit game. I think you can go four deep on this one. You can go Allen, Singletary, Diggs, and Morris because Morris and Singletary are so cheap. Like, I could easily see 
there being enough offensive production in this game for for the triple stack to hit. Don't play Tommy Sweeney if Knox is out. They use him That's more Morris. in like blocking um, yep. scenarios. If Morris gets hurt on like the first play of the game and like Sweeney gets there, like that, whatever. Like that's just not meant to be. But um, I'm with you on Quentin Morris. I like that call a lot. Kansas City side of this game. I mean, this is where it gets interesting. And I kind of already want, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate to this game being an absolute shootout for a second. Buffalo has the second best defense in the NFL. They're allowing the fourth fewest passing yards and the second fewest running yards per game. This defense is very good. Patrick Mahomes is very good. Outside of Travis Kelsey, if Buffalo is able to take Travis Kelsey out of this game, which is a very good... I mean, if you're you're scheming this game and you're a Buffalo coach, double Kelsey every play and let make Juju and MVS and Hardman beat you, right? Like, that's what you do. I mean, they did it last week against Travis Kelsey. And Vegas did a great job, great job of taking Travis Kelsey out of that game. The dude had four touchdowns on 25 (laughs) yards. And they just lost him in the the red zone. And, And, like, gosh... Uh, watching that game just going throwing my hands up just going what what (laughs) are you doing you did such a great job anyway travis kelsey has those games where he puts up like 10 fantasy points in in games that are high like shootout type of games i don't know if that's the case this year without tyree kill i'm just playing devil's advocate to say buffalo's defense is not a pushover defense they are very 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 good yeah, so like I think we need to figure out who we play if we're not playing Travis Kelsey. Obviously, play Travis Kelsey, get some exposure there. Dude could go absolutely nuclear, but you can't play him in every lineup. He's expensive. I know who it's not. It's not Juju. Like I was I with it, like I think it's I think it's Hardman. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw out of Hardman last week too. Um you and I were both high on Juju coming into this year. We talked about him. I know weeks one and two as being a great play. It's not Juju. Like he just he doesn't have the 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 explosiveness. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Explosiveness. He's dealing with the, like this hamstring thing. I don't think he's a hundred percent. He doesn't have the explosiveness. And like I got super excited week one. I was like, yeah. I, I was right about guy. this guy, yeah. and he's going to – but he just doesn't have – MVS is the long play, like, big play type of guy, but, like, this dude has stone hands. Um, yeah, if you want the air yards, it's MVS. But he – like, throughout his entire career, like, I can't tell you how many times I had Rodgers stacked with him, and he just drops the 40-yard bomb that you play him for. He's wide open, has five yards of separation, streaking down the field, and it just clanks off his hands. Like – Sure, he'll convert that every once in a while, but I think he it's like like MVS has the the best role, I would say, outside of Kelsey. Um, but I just I don't trust the guy. Uh I'll have to keep an eye on the ownership. If he's gonna be a lower own piece of this game, I'm fine taking the target. He has big upside, he has big playability, but he just he's too inconsistent. I would rather look elsewhere. So I'm kind of with you. I'm taking a long hard look at, at McCole Hardman. It's it's Wednesday. Well, we're in the Thursday morning now. Um, over here on the East Coast for me, anyway. 
But it's Wednesday night, and right now we have Juju at the highest, and MVS is the second highest, and Hardman at 1%. And I don't think that sticks. But if that's the trend we're going to see this week, I can tell you right now I am going to play a lot of um, Hardman in this game. I, I think Kansas City's trails in this game. Yep, I agree with you. So where is it going to go? Yeah, I mean, Sky Moore is another guy you can take a look at, too. Um, he seems to be getting a little bit more involved. He's not out there a ton, but I mean, decent prospect. He's played about 21% of the snaps on the season. He was up to 32% last week. So he's getting a little bit more involved. I think it's Hardman. I I, I think big, big play wise, it's MVS safe wise. It's probably Kelsey. Um, Maybe it's Juju on a few teams. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll end up playing him on a few teams. We're going to all have those teams, right? We're all going to have the Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, one wide receiver type teams. Um, Edward Solaire, he's not going to continue to score touchdowns at this rate that he is. I think Jarrett McKinnon is really interesting for tournaments this week. Um, pass catching back with limited pass catchers in this offense right now. Um he looked good. He looked way better than Edward Solaire in that Vegas game. What happened to Isaiah Pacheco is my concern. Um, like, he just didn't play last week. I, I don't understand. Um, he played 22% of the snaps in week four. He played 3% of the snaps last week. I mean, they dominated Tampa in that game, though. Do you? Uh, they're not dominating Buffalo in this game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like McKinnon is is a good play. Um I am Isaiah a bit played concerned. a lot in week one when they beat Arizona up bad too. Yeah. He had twelve Fair carries point. in that game. That's like the two games that he had a lot of carries and work. And that makes a ton of sense that why get Edward Solaire or McKinnon hurt in a game where if you're gonna if you're gonna have three running backs active, use that third one in those games where you get up, especially yeah. if you're the Chiefs who they they don't have as many options right now. Yeah, makes sense. I like the McKinnon call. Listen, we're going to play pieces of this game. We're going to play some Edwards Lair in this game. I mean, you're going to play. Yep. You throw the stats out the window in this game, and you just you build teams with a ton of exposure to this game because it has that potential. But just, again, don't sleep on Arizona-Seattle game. I know everyone's going to talk about this Buffalo-Kansas City game. We're a first-look podcast. Don't sleep on this Arizona-Seattle game. All right, let's play the morning grind game. Keith, you did great last week in this game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, your, your your host, he did not. Um, I, well, I think I went three and seven last week. Um, pretty solid. I don't know that it's, I did great, did I? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. You had, hey, had, had Allen. You had Alan four right. <laughs> CD Lamb got his targets, but not his yards. That I had for the bet. Yeah. Okay. We okay. We sucked last week. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, I hit a couple, but yeah. Well, Damian Harris got injured, so I guess that one was like you, I get a pass for that one. I think. Um, I had Bridgewater, so do I get a pass? Yeah. Um, sure. The fantasy sites <laughs> did not give me a pass. Anyway. Fair enough. All right, we'll play the morning grind game. We. Again, first look early in the week. So some of these questions are going to change. Um, give me your quarterback for 300 passing yards, and it cannot be Allen or Mahomes. Fair enough. Um, give me Tom Brady. I think we're seeing that pass rate come back up 
Um, had 351 yards last week. Love the matchup against the Jets here. I like that one. Um, I'm going to go Kyler Murray. Love it. I have, I was like almost done with it before we started, but I wrote up his um, passing prop over for scores and odds. Um, it's like 262. It's 261 and a half on, I think, DraftKings at minus 115. I love that, by the way. There's a bonus one for you guys. Uh, low owned running back for a touchdown. So Jeff Wilson against Atlanta, crazy enough, I think is because he's 6,200. Um, we've got Stevenson, we've got Walker, we've got Singletary, just on and on with the cheap running backs this week. Jeff Jeff Wilson is slightly more expensive than all of them. I think that's like it's going to keep him under 10% this week. I love this spot for Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I hope that stays that way. I'm right there with you. Um, I'm going Brees Hall. Uh, I mean, Love that. we we are on the same page when it comes to these guys this week. Um, I love the Wilson call. You're you're gonna you're gonna yeah, like the Wilson call a lot. But I, I mean, Hall Hall seems way way. I mean, he's someone that's probably gonna get ownership throughout the week. But right now, he seems way too low. There's there's so many guys from five K to sixty three hundred that are like. Stevenson's going to eat up a lot of ownership in that they range. They can't all get owned. Yep. And Kamara is, I think he's way too cheap this week. So a lot of people are going to be looking at him ownership wise. Uh, and then Walker's really cheap. Like, yep. uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. That, that's where that Cam Akers like, gets really interesting as well. Yeah. Love it. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Uh, I'm going Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown. I, I'm like you, was absolutely all over that game before we started talking about it. But I think this is a, like, if there's a game that can keep up with Kansas City Buffalo, it, it is Arizona Seattle. I like that. Um, I'm going to go a little off the rails this week because that's what I do. Uh, give me Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk for a touchdown this week. Oh man, I tried that way too much last week. <laughs> but Keith, it's DFS, dude. <laughs> yeah, gotta go right out. back to it. Yep. Yeah, you have blocked that out. <laughs> give me a wide receiver that's gonna have eight plus targets this week. Uh give me DK Metcalf. Oh, you uh, took my, Lock, Lockett is the cheap guy who's everyone's going to play, but Metcalf is the guy that has the alpha role here. Uh Lockett caught a couple of long touchdowns, but he was struggling before those long touchdowns. They're not going to, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be the the best targets in the world, um, but give me Deontay Johnson for eight-plus targets this week. Oh, yeah. They're going to be trailing in that game. Yep. Again, they're not going to be the best targets in the world, but Deontay Johnson uh, for eight-plus targets. Give me a tight end that scores a touchdown. I've got George Kittle. Love this matchup against Atlanta. I think San Francisco gets out to a lead. I think they want to get Kittle on the board. Um, so it'll be Jeff Wilson late to close out the game, but Kittle scores the first touchdown. Yeah, I don't hate that call. Um, I'm assuming that Cameron Brait is going to be back this week. He's who I wrote down. He practiced fully Wednesday with a concussion. I assume that, you know, puts him in the position to be back from the concussion protocol this week. So give me Cam Brait for Tampa to score a touchdown this week. Uh, defense 10 plus points. You crushed this last week, by the way. Um, you know, as much as you want to like give your yourself like a, a, 
a, a hard time. You picked Miami last week in this question, and they sucked, but they scored like 18 fantasy points. <laughs> like shootout games, like games that there are a ton of points, people often shy away from. Um, and those defenses are always under own. So I, I love what was I looking at? They did not score, they got crushed. That's what I thought. Yeah. I- it's something completely different for some reason last yeah, week. Yeah, it was like they scored 18. They Didn't they give up 31? <laughs> yeah. Well, I must have been looking at the week. No, because the week. Ah, I looked at week one when I looked at it. I was getting, I was like, God, I got to make a note to give Keith. Um, <laughs> I was like. I looked I at it backwards. I looked at it backwards. Sorry, Keith. Um, your pick last week sucked. Just <laughs> okay, that's what I thought, but. Yep. I, I mean, right. to be um, fair, I took, I think I took the 49ers. Yeah, I took the 49ers last week. Um, and they, I mean, they put up 15, but it was ugly. So, yeah, I love them again this week. That's not what I have written down here. I've got Tampa Bay, um, just going against Pickett. I think Pitt, like they're going to be down. Pickett's going to be throwing far more than they want him to be. Um, this Tampa Bay defense is really good. Yeah, I mean, I, as much as I love the San Francisco defense, I'm just worried that Atlanta is not going to throw the ball enough for them to really give us that like 10 plus point ceiling. So I'm going to go, and I don't even know if they're going to throw the ball enough, but give me the Rams against Carolina. I could see the Rams shutting this team out this week um, at home. So, all right, we added this year, we added some betting picks as well. Favorite money line against the spread, um, either one of those picks this week. So I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think they're going to get Jonathan Taylor back this week. Um, the spread right now is only one and a half. So Indy minus one and a half will be the pick. Um, with Taylor back, I think this Jacksonville team overperformed a little bit early and they're getting a little bit more respect than they deserve right now. And, and Indy has been underperforming so far this season. I like it. I am going to go Arizona money line. They are a dog in this game. Um, you could take the two and a half points, but I like Arizona or no Seattle. Sorry. Seattle money line. I wrote it backwards. Seattle money line plus 121. They are a two and a half point uh, dog in this game. You could take the two and a half points, but I like the money line bet. I think Seattle beats Arizona outright in this game. So I love that call. Yep. Geno Smith, uh, man. He's underrated. Legit, man. <laughs> He's legit. I, he was on such a bad team to begin his career um, that I don't really think we ever really got to see him with weapons and he's making the best of these guys around him. That's, that's for sure. And he's, he's surrounded by a ton of talent, so that doesn't hurt. Uh, Favorite over under bet this week. Yeah, it's Arizona, Seattle over 50 and a half. Like, I feel like this should be at least 52 and a half. I would probably still be interested up to like 54. Um, Just the great game environment two talented offenses and two very bad defenses. Love this game environment. I'm going to go um, San Francisco, Atlanta under 44 and a half. Uh, this game like opened it. at 43 and it got bet up a ton. Um, I don't know why. I, I mean, it, that, nothing made sense to me when I was looking at this as a bet. So yeah, love that. See, uh, San Francisco, totally a team that is content to just sit on the football and run it the whole second half of a game. Love that. Atlanta call. runs the ball so much too. I mean, so yeah. much clock is going to be run off this game just in general that, I mean, I, I, there's going to be touchdowns scored in this game. Don't get me wrong, but 44 and a half just seems really, really high. 
Uh, fantasy or not fantasy favorite player prop. We don't have a ton of them up yet. Um, this week, I hate that. Um, is there anything that you saw that was standing out to you though? There is one that I love. Um, the Rams are 10 point favorites at home. And I think people are very scared of the running back situation. I'm pretty confident Cam Akers is going to get some work in a, a game script that the Rams should be playing from ahead. I like him to get a bunch of carries in this one. His rushing prop is sitting at 41 and a half yards right now. Uh, give me Cam Akers over 41 and a half. All right. I like it. I'm going with Zach Ertz. This is a bet that I've wrote up the last couple weeks over there on scores and odds, and it's been working. So why change what's working? Um, he barely beat it last week, but hey, hitting it is hitting it. And this game script is fantastic. He's had double-digit targets in three of the last four games. Really like Zach Ertz over 47.5 receiving yards this week. Uh, favorite sleeper. We're going to do our – got to pull it up. Um I'm going to stall here for a second. Favorite sleeper prop over there for their fantasy props. Uh, let me see here. I've got Chris Godwin over 60 and a half receiving yards. Um, like they should be able to dominate this Pittsburgh team. Godwin only played. I was trying to find this here before I came to it. 54% of the snaps last week. Um, another game that they dominated. Probably took it easy on him. Um, but he was on his way to, to smashing in that game. He had a bunch of catches in the first half, and then they kind of let off the gas a little bit. Even if they do that again in this one, he finished with 64 yards or something in that one. See this game going really similar. He's going to have a massive role early in this game. I think he he can hit this prop before half then. Yeah, I'm going to go Jeff Wilson Jr. over 64 and a half rushing yards. This is not available on any sports book yet. I looked everywhere um, for his prop before we got started here. This is way too low. Uh, I'm going to yeah. tell you this line is going to move. Jump on this right now. He has crushed this prop, and he faces one of the worst run defenses in the league. Unless he gets hurt, I just I don't see him not getting this one. So uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., Chris Godwin, over and um, – Throw it in there as an all-in play, and there it is. So if you're in the Roto-Grinder squad chat, you just saw it because I just posted it. So, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Fun week here. Um, like you said, don't be counting your money before these late afternoon games because there's there's two of them here that could go really, really big. Um, Juicy should games, be, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, should be another fun week. Looking forward to it for sure. Always a always a blast, my friend. Um, I know these podcasts that we do for NFL run long, so I always appreciate you hanging out um, and everyone listening. I, I know that I usually keep Morning Grind podcasts under an hour. I feel like football deserves more focus when you're doing a first look podcast. I know a lot of people have reached out to me and really enjoy these shows. So thank you if you haven't reached out and you enjoy it. Thank you. Um, so that's it. Week six in the books. We'll be back week seven next Thursday. And uh, we'll be back Friday talking some baseball. Well, I will be. Um, hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you again on Friday.